Our comments on the movie series Under the Banner of Heaven next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? Recently, a limited series based on the book Under the Banner of Heaven was released on FX on Hulu, and the book was written by John Krakauer and was first published in the summer of 2003, almost 20 years ago. Now, the book explains the origin and the evolution of certain doctrines of the LDS Church and details a double murder by Ron and Dan Lafferty, who were brothers, and claimed that God told them to commit the murders. Their religious views followed the fundamentalist version of Mormonism, in other words, polygamy. I don't know if you've read the book. Have you I had the opportunity I never to did read, read it? I have read the book, but I was obviously it's, aware of it. It's a very interesting book to read. I haven't seen the movie series yet, but mm. I have read the book. Now, the book probes the ideologies of Mormonism going clear back to its beginnings. The title of the book is taken from something John Taylor taught in 1880. He was the third president of the Mormon church and is defending polygamy. And he said, God is greater than the United States. And when the government conflicts with heaven, we will be ranged under the banner of heaven against the government. The United States says we cannot marry more than one wife. God says different. Well, God doesn't say different, but that's what they're claiming, of course. Now, when Hulu first began airing the video series, there was much hullabaloo from sure. different yeah, sides yeah. of the table here, right. some condemning the series and others applauding it. One remark that I found interesting said that too much noise is being made over a mere piece of fiction. Mm. Well, this isn't fiction. And before we get into our comments, we want everyone to know that it's based on facts. Even historical flashbacks of the LDS Church are not fictional, but based on the history of this religion. Obviously, some politic license was taken, as it would, of course, sure. in every movie-making venture, but it's basically historical. Now, the Mormon Church owns a local Salt Lake City newspaper called the Deseret News. And our comments today are based on their review of the movie series. We're reviewing their review. And the link to the newspaper article is on the screen, Deseret.com, where you can read the entire article. <laughs> We're going to pick out quotes from the article, but you can read the entire article there. And it begins with this statement. Too much real-life anger comes out of Tinseltown. It's time for Dustin Lance Black and company to let go of the angst toward Latter-day Saints. So the very first sentence is designed to turn the reader's focus away from the historical truths right. of the LDS Church and focus on Hollywood's production of the movie. But the movie or the book is not about Hollywood. It's about Mormonism, specifically Mormon fundamentalism. The Deseret News writer went on to say this. As a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, my faith teaches me to forgive 70 times 7. Whoever, whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, Jesus Christ says, turn to him the other also. My faith admonishes me to love my enemies, to bless those that curse, and to do good to those who hate. The current president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the 97-year-old former heart surgeon Russell M. Nelson, recently pled with fellow Latter-day Saints 
to do all you can to end personal conflicts that are currently raging in your hearts and in your lives. And yet, FX's new serial drama, Under the Banner of Heaven, a redo of John Krakauer's book by the same name, is built on the premise that my faith is dangerous, violent even. So he's upset. He's upset that Hollywood doesn't give it a... (laughs) Give him a break. Give him a break, I guess. <laughs> or lie about the truth. Yeah. He, 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 because the, the, the author, he's upset because the author of the book and the movie series focuses on the violent nature of the early Mormon church. Hmm. Um, and as we go forward, you will see in his comments that he's ignoring the historical and focusing on the present. But the series is historical. It's interesting that he quotes a couple of things that Jesus taught. Now, it seems that they love to revert to Jesus's wisdom when it suits them. But when it comes to favor of doctrine that oppose his teachings, they reject it. For example, Jesus taught that marriage is only for this life, but they reject that and insist that marriage is for eternity. Either believe Jesus or not, but you can't pick and choose what to believe and what to reject. Jesus' teachings are not a buffet table where you take what you want and leave the rest and quote him when it suits you like they have here. Now, he said his Mormon faith tells him to forgive and love his enemies. But how did original Mormonism behave on that topic? Remembering that the root produces the fruit, original Mormonism produced today's polygamists. He complained that Krakauer's book suggested his religion is violent. He did not merely suggest it. He chronicled their violence. It was very violent. Here's one example. Yes, famous. September 11, 1857. Led by John Lee, a group of Mormon men dressed as Native Americans attack a wagon train of settlers from Arkansas. They first lied to convince them to give up their guns, then totally unarmed their them and attacked and slaughtered 120 men, women, and children, also known now as the Mountain Meadow Massacre. Seventeen children under the age of eight are left alive. Evidence suggests that Brigham Young was very much aware of the attack, although historical records don't confirm he did know, but at the very least he covered up the truth of the crimes committed. Now, we've discovered, uh, discussed in the past several times, actually, Brigham Young's, he claims, a personal revelation of blood atonement. That's right. And it doesn't get really more violence than that. Brigham Young said this. I have had men come to me and offer their lives to atone for their sins. It is true that the blood of the Son of God was shed for sins through the fall and those committed by men, yet men can commit sins which it can never remit. As it was in ancient days, so it is in our day. And though the principles are taught publicly from this stand, still the people do not understand them. Yet the law precisely, yet the law is precisely the same. There are sins that can be atoned for by an offering upon an altar as in ancient days. And there are sins that the blood of a lamb, of a calf, or of turtle doves cannot remit but they must be atoned for by the blood of the man. There you go. Taking away the Savior, who the Savior is. Now, because they taught that Jesus' blood cannot cover certain sins, 
Slitting the throats of the sinner from ear to ear was their blood atonement practice. That's violent. And we did that in the temple. And they practiced it. They yeah. actually did it. And and yes, they did in the temple. We're going to talk about that yeah, in a minute. Right. Um, but... But, and all of this despite the fact that Jesus teaches that he forgives all sin. And this blood atonement violence permeated, like you said, into the LDS Church's official temple ceremony for more than a century. It's a long time. That's right. A ceremony that every temple-going member was required to follow. It was a blood oath of silence. They raised their left hand, and then they made a motion across their throat with the right hand from ear to ear, symbolizing the blood atonement action of slitting the throat from ear to ear of those who break the oath of silence. That's not violent. <laughs> I wonder if the writer of that article ever went through that particular ceremony. I don't know. If he went to the Probably temple before 1990, he did. Yeah, he did, but... Not after. Now, this ritual of death remained in their official temple ceremony up to until uh, the early 1990s. And to this day, some Mormon polygamists continue that same blood oath ritual in their ceremonies. And it's horrifying to learn that that is the precise manner in which the Lafferty brothers murdered Brenda Lafferty and her baby. And that's scary. Yes, it is. They killed her because she refused to agree with her husband to live polygamy. The brothers claimed God gave them a revelation to kill her. So they performed the precise ritual from the Mormon temple ceremony on Brenda and her little baby. Plus, early morning history uh, records their secret vengeful group called the Danites, who wreaked havoc on Mormon members upon demand of the prophet and other leaders and on their Mormon who they per perceived to be Mormon enemies. Mm -hmm. And of course, their polygamy doctrine includes God's threat of destruction of those who reject polygamy. That's not violent, huh? <laughs> Those in Mormonism need to read true and unedited Mormon history. It began with violence. They preached a vengeful and wrathful God, even believing an angel came ready to kill Joseph Smith if he didn't obey the polygamy revelation. Now, to further his perception that under the banner of heaven is about the modern-day LDS church, he extols the beauty of contemporary Mormonism, Mormon Utah, and Mormon cities. Yeah, I, yeah listen. <laughs> but in <laughs> fact, when it comes to Latter-day Saints, statistics support the idea that communities with a high percentage of Latter-day Saints tend to have a lower-than-average rates of violent crime. Utah, the state with the highest percentage, percentage of Latter-day Saints in the country, ranks as the 13th least violent state in the nation, according to annual FBI statistics. Idaho, the state with the second highest percentage of Latter-day Saints, ranks as the 10th least violent state. Now... Trying to point out the good stuff. Yeah, but the book and the movie are not about Utah today. No. And if he's going to review the movie, he needs to review the content of the movie. Uh, the, the, the content of the movie and the book is about bad doctrine and violent history and false prophets giving false revelations and the resulting bad fruit proven by the Lafferty brothers' double murder. Sadly, he even goes back to September 11th, 2001, talks yeah. about that, when violent religion resulted in the Twin Towers destruction. But... Which has no relevance. <laughs> no, but this, my screen just did a number on me. I don't know. 
<laughs> Do you want to? Um, no, I, I've got it now, but it just moved up on me. Anyway, <laughs> sadly, he goes back to September 11th in 2001 when violent religion resulted in the Twin Towers destruction. But that has no relevance, again, to the book or the movie series, yeah. except that bad religion produces fanatical behavior. But since he did bring up September 11th, he should have gone back even further to September 11th, 1857, when the Mormons right. destroyed over 120 innocent men, women, and children. And he uses um, an example that's even further off topic by pointing out some good that the LDS Church does. <laughs> There's an actual war in Ukraine right now. Latter-day Saints are sending humanitarian aid. Meanwhile, the self-styled filmmakers behind Under the Banner of Heaven are doing media junkets. Again, that's irrelevant. He's really stretching. He is. He's just—he's really going off track here, and and he's bragging about what the LDS Church is doing to help the hurting in Ukraine, in, in Ukraine, which is okay. That's fine. Well, that's absolutely. good that they're helping. Sure. But but that has—that's irrelevant. While the filmmakers uh, condemning the filmmakers yeah. for what they're doing, and but my question is, what has one got to do with the other? And besides that, Jesus had something to say about people who boast about the good things they're doing. The church is great at that. Matthew 6, 1 and 3. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So stop bragging about what you're doing. Um, you know, that happens quite frequently. Yeah. But again, as we've mentioned, they quote Jesus when it's convenient, but ignore yeah. him the rest of the time. Right. He said that if any American community has the nation's attention today for its acts of violence, it wouldn't be the suburbs of Salt Lake City. It would probably be Hollywood. But again, what has that got to do with the story of the Lafferty brothers? By the way, I checked, and Hollywood's kind of low on the violence scale, <laughs> according to compared with other parts. Yeah. Yeah. He mentions how Utah currently rates in national nonviolent crime statistics, but we wonder if he realizes that Utah has the highest online pornography subscription rate in the nation. The link on the screen is where you can find this information. What kind of praise does that statistic deserve? Didn't mention that one. <laughs> uh, no, and we ask, why does Utah have such a high pornography rate? Could it be that Mormonism's foundation, from Joseph Smith's role in the hay with Fanny Alger up to Warren Jeff's crimes, is sex, power, and money, and more sex, and completely patriarchal in nature? Since he chooses to focus on Utah today, let's focus on this. Utah rape. Utah rape rates are 33% higher than U.S. rape rates. In 2018, 11% of Utah adults said someone either had sex or tried to have sex with them without consent, and half of those arrested for sexual violence perpetration are under the age of 25. Rape is a sexual crime. Yes. And Mormon exaltation in the hereafter is all about sex. He boasts about how happy the people in Utah are. <laughs> 
Utah has actually been in a nearly two-century deep dive into the Mormon religion, and today the state has one of the strongest economies in the country. The Wall Street Journal dubbed it as an economic star, as well as one of the highest rates of upward mobility. By at least one measure, the state ranks as the happiest in the country and has the highest percentage of children being raised by two parents under the same roof. Oh, the terror. Oh, the horror. So again, now he's supposed to be reviewing under the banner of heaven, <laughs> but he's not. He's, he's bragging about Mormonism's Utah, and we don't know what measure he used to rank it the happiest in the country. He doesn't say, but statistics don't support that remark. There could be a reason here. <laughs> Antidepressant drugs are prescribed in Utah more often than in any other state at a rate nearly twice the national average. Wow. Maybe that's why we're so happy. <laughs> in Mormondom, there is a social expectation, particularly among the females, to put on a mask, say, yes to everything that comes at her and hide the misery and the pain. You're supposed to be perfect because Mrs. Smith across the street can do it. And she has three more kids than you, and her hair is always in place. I think the cultural issue is very real. There is the expectation that you should be happy, and if you're not happy, you're failing. And I think that's true uh, through all the families. There's a lot even, of pressure. Even in polygamous families, yeah. uh, they say you, if you're not happy, it's your own fault. You have to make your own happiness. Yeah. And, and so they put on that facade. Yeah. Uh, and I've talked to many, many well, people and I think both. that societal pressure is with automobiles, jobs, mm -hmm. where you live, your home. And, yeah. Yeah. The way you dress. It's, it's it, there. And the yeah. idea is like more because Mormonism teaches to be perfect. Yeah. So the facade has to be that you've got it all together. And you can't show any weakness at all. Or, right. And if you do, you probably don't get called to any callings. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're not, <laughs> right. And, and that's, is that, uh, that's real in that these people's true. lives. This is, is real. Very true. And then just a few days ago, Fox News reported that Utah's number one in the country for mental health problems. It has the highest rate in the country of any mental illness and is number one also for serious mental illness. Mm. And then just the other day, or just actually yesterday, Fox News was reporting on this child trafficking and ritual. In Utah County. And you, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and Utah is high in rape, antidepressant use, highest in use of pornography, and also in suicide. We have this quote. From 2018 to 2020, the age-adjusted suicide rate in Utah was 21.4 per 100,000 persons, with an average of 657 suicides per year. Utah had the sixth highest age-adjusted suicide rate in the U.S. in 2019. Wow. And in 2020, suicide was the leading cause of death for Utahns ages 10 to 17 and 18 to 24 it is the second leading cause of death for ages 25 to 44 and the fifth leading cause of death for ages 45 to 64. So Utah's not all that happy no. that this no, writer of this like article that. wants us to believe. He fails to tell the whole story. Polygamy is a very oppressive and violent religion. But under the banner of heaven is not about the beautiful facade of modern Mormonism. It's about its ugly past, including its fanatical polygamous rituals and doctrines. And why should the past be relevant and not just be put behind us? Yeah. 
because the LDS Church has systematically lied to its own members and the population at large about their own history and denied the facts that are historically accurate. Instead, they have made up stories to cover their deceit, lies, and violence, and they continue to this very day. They cannot be trusted to tell the truth about themselves. (laughs) And then finally, he wrote this. In old times, you've heard the words, thou shalt not kill. Jesus says in, a, in his sublime Sermon on the Mount, but anyone who is angry, he continues, is in danger of judgment and in need of reconciliation. So leave your offering at the temple, he tells his followers, and go and make things right. America is in desperate need of reconciliation. Now, by, by that statement, does he mean that America desperately needs to be reconciled to the Mormon church? Perhaps apologize for all of the perceived wrongs it's done against the Mormons? That's what it sounds like, and if that's what he's saying, he's only echoing the early Mormon polygamists who damned America and promised God's destruction of America if they didn't bow down and be humbled before the Mormon religion and their polygamy. He goes back into history himself, but doesn't allow under the banner of heaven to do it, which is a historical account. Um, he seems to turn this around and, and, and make the focus of his review all about Hollywood's problems. P- perhaps he wanted to take the focus off the truth or of its doctrine of polygamy for eternal life or of Joseph Smith's own history of adultery, fornication, and pedophile tendencies. But it is they who owe America and those who have been desperately hurt by Mormonism an apology an apology to every polygamist and to the tens of thousands of victims who have been hurt and destroyed because of Mormon polygamy. They need to apologize for every lie that has been told in the past and continues to this very day. Lies by their leaders and prophets, lying for the Lord by both the LDS Church and the polygamy groups. Lies designed to protect their Joseph Smith and their religion. The lie that has made Jesus Lucifer's brother instead of worshiping Jesus for who he is, God Almighty, King of heaven, King of the universe, King of creation, and judge of all mankind. The judge who said this about lies. In Proverbs 14, 5, A truthful witness does not deceive, but a false witness pours out lies. And Proverbs 19.9, a false witness will not go unpunished, and he who pours out lies will perish. (laughs) And Revelation chapters 19 and 20 describes how they will perish, too. And we do agree with the writer of the article, Utah is a beautiful place to live. We have four seasons of the year that are displayed in great intensity. We have mountains and deserts and snow and rivers and lakes and some very nice people that live here. But its beauty has nothing to do with the human history of Mormonism or the Lafferty brothers' double murder. Before we finish, we thought it would be interesting to share some of the online online comments that readers have made concerning this article. <laughs> In recent years, criticism of the church has been largely based on it, upon its history, and make no mistake, it has a violent history, and not just the 1857 slaughter at Mountain Meadows, R.H. And they do have a very violent history. Yes, they do. And for those who want to discover the truth, it's there. 
but it's easier to convince people to believe a lie than it is to convince them they already believe a lie. Our next comment. Is this a critique of Under the Banner of Heaven, a call on Americans to reconcile or take a swing at Hollywood? I'd recommend strengthening and organizing your own argument before reducing Black's adaptation to an odd thesis. This piece screams, I refuse to criti- critically analyze my faith. And PG, that's just what that, you were that's saying. A good, yeah, that's a good comment. Now, in order to fully grasp a concept or to know about a religion, including Mormonism or Christianity, the person must investigate all aspects and claims of it. But Mormonism doesn't allow their members to critically investigate their religion. And finally, this comment. From SQ, the quickness to defend and degrade others who view the LDS Church in a different light speaks volumes. I would submit that it is time for the Church to own its own history in its glory, pain, and shame. And this is a good suggestion. But facade is everything in the Mormon religion. Look good to others and deny the inner corruption. That's true of every polygamy group and the LDS church itself. But God's grace is greater than any facade, greater than any denial, and greater than any sin. And forgiveness is available, but it isn't automatic. There is a process for forgiveness. And it's easy. It's called the good news, the gospel. Admit you're a sinner. Admit you need a Savior. Admit that Jesus is the Savior. And then call upon Him to be your personal Savior and forsake all else. And He will forgive your sins. You know, it is interesting that the church has that ability or makes every effort to, to look good in every circumstance mm-hmm. and uh, and not to admit. In fact, one of the general authorities said something about we'll never apologize or something. Mm-hmm. Somebody me. did say that. Yeah. I'll have to find that yeah. because they won't. Call under Oaks or somebody that said we'll, we won't apologize. But, uh, and, but they and need I think to. they were talking about the Metal Mass. And there, well, Hinckley, Hinckley came real, real, he came really, really close <laughs> to admitting the truth of that. He didn't yeah. admit, admit all the truth, yeah. but he sure didn't apologize. No. Yeah. Thank you again, Earl. You bet. Appreciate Very you. Very fascinating. You know, Dustin Black is the screenwriter for the adaptation of the book to video of Under the Banner of Heaven. And when criticized about it, he said... If the Mormon church is unhappy with me for doing this, they have themselves to blame. The Mormon church taught me if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Put your shoulder to the wheel. And I have really worked hard to get it right. (laughs) He added that the LDS and the Mormon polygamists share a lot in common, and they do. They love the same polygamous prophets and claim that massive good works and certain marriages, rituals, and rituals will secure their members a place in heaven. But they all believe Jesus is Lucifer's brother, despite the Bible's many passages explaining Jesus is God, the creator of all creation. And the good works they require are not required by God. They are merely placing their people under a curse by preaching good works. Read the book of Galatians, which answers questions about religious law versus God's grace and freedom in Christ. The Mormons have done no one any favors. Jesus is Lord and Savior and our only mediator, and He alone should be followed. Thank you for watching. 
This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.